everyone. Welcome back to Direct to You. I'm Jenny Lewis with Dealer.com, and joining me today is Callie Cogley. Callie is one of our insight analysts here at Dealer.com, and not only has she been doing this for a decade, but her overall goal is to help us all understand the data and how it can be used to help to drive success. Today, we're going to be discussing what cookies are. Uh, digital cookies, not the kind that you actually eat, um, how these cookies are used, how they're changing in the future, and what that actually means for this industry. So uh, we just want to thank Callie for joining us today and jump right in. So I know that everyone's heard of cookies before on your computer, and we all know they have to do something with the internet and tracking, but Callie, can you tell me at a high level what they are and what they actually do for us? Hey, Jenny, thanks so much for having me today. Yeah, of course. So yeah, cookies, uh, not the kind that grandma makes you, uh, but the, the technology kind. Uh, we've all heard kind of, oh, make sure to clear your caching cookies. Maybe it'll work for you. Uh, well, that's because caching cookie, cookies in, in particular, you know, are really important and they kind of stick on your computer and they track they track information. Uh, so essentially, it's just a little piece of technology um, that is no more than a text file that's placed in a browser. Um, and it's essentially turned into one of the most, you know, fundamental building blocks of the digital experience. Uh, it enables us to understand who we are reaching and it enables us to understand who we've reached. Uh, reach is a measurement that depends on cookies entirely. Uh, and so at the end of the day, it's really important for us to have these cookies to understand is my marketing strategy, my digital marketing strategy being effective. Okay, so a cookie is basically a digital footprint then? Yes, it's a digital footprint. It helps us understand, you know, who did we reach with an advertisement? What, you know, did they come back to our website? What did that look like, essentially? Are there different types of cookies? There are different types of cookies. Um, there's a first-party cookie and there's a third-party cookie. So uh, let's try and give like a real-world example that's not uh, super in the weeds here. So uh, to understand, I guess, what a first-party cookie is, uh, we can talk a little bit about you know those subscriptions that you uh, already have access to. Or for example, I'm a member of um, BurlingtonFreePress.com, which is our local newspaper. And every time I go to read the newspaper, I'm logged in, and they can see you know what things am I interested in, um, you know where what kind of articles have I read? Um, I'm choosing to be um, in a relationship with them, essentially. I'm saying, hey, I purchased this service from you, so I want to um, actually engage with you, and yes, you can have my information. Um, the difference between a first-party cookie and, say, a third-party cookie is that a third-party cookie is... Um, where you're not choosing to engage. Uh, so let's stick with the same example we're using. I'm logged into Burlington Free Press and then there's advertisements that are coming up on the page. And those advertisements can be retargeting ads. For example, I went to Home Depot three days ago. I looked at a lawnmower. It's now popping up as I'm reading an article on Burlington Free Press on the side saying, hey, you still interested in this? You know, come here and buy this product. Well, when they put that ad up, they're also placing a third-party uh, cookie on my browser. And they're able to track my activities uh, within their experience. So if I ended up um, going to Home Depot later, even if I didn't click directly through that ad, 
they would know that I saw that ad and it was likely part of what influenced me to go back there. So they kind of call it attributed metrics, right? They're attributing part of the reason why I visited their website to that ad that they showed me on burlingtonfreepress.com. Um, and so a third party cookie, um, is a little bit more concerning as, you know, where I'm not choosing to have them, um, you know, engage with me. I don't really want them to have my information. Uh, and we know that consumers, uh, are really becoming more privacy aware and concerned. Like they really are. We know that, you know, they're, there's a California Consumer Privacy Act that came out in 2018. And then there's some other, you know, general protection regulations that have been coming out all, right, all over. So consumers are getting more concerned um, about cookies. So um, knowing the difference between those, you know, first and third party cookies is important as we, uh, as there are changes that are going to impact these cookies and already have impacted on the type of cookies moving forward. So you mentioned some changes. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so uh, in 2018, uh, Apple was really at the forefront of uh, looking into privacy and trying to figure out how they could make things safer for their consumers uh, and and the and the users of Safari browsers. Uh, so Safari is Apple's browser. And since 2018, they actually launched um, Intelligent Tracking Protocol, ITP. Uh, and ITP is a little bit of a buzzword in our, in our space. Um, and not everyone's heard of it, but it is highly impactful. Um, and the first iteration of ITP essentially said, hey, we're going to just block third-party cookies altogether. So um, if someone, you know, if you're serving an ad to someone who is on a Safari browser, we're not going to let that third party um, cookie be placed. Therefore, you cannot track them ongoing. Um, the hard part about that is you as a you know, buyer of that advertisement, you're not aware that it can't place that cookie, but you're still paying for it and you have no way to attribute it um, to success of a campaign. Um, but so, you know, that was the first iteration was just getting rid of third party cookies. Um, and then they started to look at first party cookies. Well, how long should first party cookies be allowed to stick around? Like how long should you be able to track someone? Well, over time, Apple has been adjusting this. And as of recent and um, earlier in this year, they've actually knocked a first party Windows life down to just seven days. So um, unless your per typical purchase cycle happens within seven days, you're likely going to lose a lot of the journey for a consumer. So let's think of this in like a real world example, Jenny, really quickly. <laughs> um, say I went to the website uh, and was looking at a the new Ford Bronco and I wanted and I just, you know, kind of went around, went around and then I left and then um, we serve an ad to that same consumer or I'm served an ad and I um, decide not to go back right away and those ads keep hitting me, keep hitting me. And then on the eighth day, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna click on this ad and go back because I definitely do really wanna see more about this Ford Bronco. Well, unfortunately, I would no longer be marked as an advertised to two customer because those cookies would be gone. And so we would have no way of tying me um, as this consumer that saw this ad at one point in time to um, the activities that I'm doing on the site. Now, Callie, didn't it used to be something like 30 days? Yeah, so it it, it's, it changes and it also really depends on the browser. So um, internet, or excuse me, uh, 
Firefox has also implemented some privacy controls. And I don't know the days off the top of my head in which they keep things around and they call their protocol ETP, which is slightly different. Um, but if you Google ITP or ETP, you can start to learn a little bit how they're changing over time um, and that they're adding um, more intelligence to it. So Apple, for example, um, they have a lot of machine learning in the background that's finding ways that marketers are getting around their um, protocols and they're building in walls um, to protect against that. Too. Okay, so what does this mean for like your average dealership? Yeah, so um, a few of the things that we're already seeing um, so far. So let's just talk about that. Um, we've probably all noticed that visitation to websites has kind of uh, increased significantly over time. Visitors in particular, visitors or sessions, unique sessions, we've seen those numbers skyrocket. Although a lot of that traffic is probably natural and it's just because, you know, the internet is where everyone goes to get things done. Um, there is the other side of it where some of that is artificial. Unfortunately, uh, when those cookies go away and someone comes back to the site, they're seen as a unique user again. So um, what we might say historically, um, we had 30 unique visitors in the month of March. Um, now might read as 60 or 80 unique visitors. However, if we were able to um, actually you like actually see if they were unique and their cookies didn't go away, it may have um, actually only been 35 unique visitors. So unfortunately, there's some artificial inflation that's being seen around visitation numbers. And at the end of the day, when we use visitation as a base metric for rates, such as form submission rate, um, essentially what that says to us is, Okay, if you're using that as a base, then you're going to, um, your rates are going to drop because your form submissions are going to stay about the same, right? They're, they're going to stay about the same because it's the same amount of visitors. At the end of the day, it's the same amount of shoppers, but it looks like more shoppers. So when you do that math, it ends up bringing your rates down. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, basically the numbers that we're going to be looking at you know, in several years are different than the numbers that we're going to be looking at today. Um, yeah, or even yesterday or even three years ago. I mean, we saw, for example, with Apple, just with Safari, right, because that's a good example because it's been around for a while. Each year, we're seeing what we call return visitation drop significantly. What used to be 58% return visitation in 2018 is down to like 38%. Although we know that that really hasn't changed much. Like if you look at other browsers and you look at that same metric, those numbers have stayed consistent in the last three years. Whereas Apple or Safari is the only one that's actually showing those drop. So what are some things that dealerships can do now to help them prepare for these future changes? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing is is awareness, right? I think, unfortunately, you know, ITP, although it's been around for a while, there's very little awareness of the impacts that it's having on um, the digital industry in general, not just automotive, but digital and, and tracking and availability and understanding the impacts to marketing. Um, you know, it's not all doom and gloom, though. And I think, you know, it's important for me to mention that we're in a pretty good position because we have some foresight that this is going to happen. So imagine if we had known prior to COVID that COVID was going to hit in March. How would we have approached our business differently leading up to that? We likely would have focused a lot more on digital tools, understanding what's available, um, buying into it, getting training done with our staff so that when COVID hit, we were prepped and we were ready for that. Unfortunately, that's not how the world works most of the time. 
Um, but in this case, we have that awareness. We know when this is going to happen. We can expect to be in a co cookie-less world in 2022. So leading up to 2022, it's more important than ever for us to um, make sure that we're working with organizations that know that this is coming and they're planning for it and they're prepping for it and they're finding ways that we can continue to uh, show the efficacy of our marketing efforts um, and, and in the long run, you know, thinking ahead. I think that's really the biggest thing here and just kind of understanding as you see numbers change or you see something drastically change, it could very well have been impacted by a change in um, privacy protocols. Wow. Well, thank you for explaining that to us, Callie. It's very, very interesting to hear about some of the upcoming changes that will be happening over the next several years. Uh, we'd also like to thank Ford Direct for giving us the opportunity to speak about uh, cookies today. So remember, at the most basic level, cookies help build a digital footprint of your consumers. With the upcoming changes that Callie explained, with having a cookie-less future, we really need to be adjusting our expectations of what is tracked for consumers. So I'm sure there's going to be more com information coming out about this as we get closer to 2022. So make sure you're keeping your ears open to learn more about cookies. So thank you for joining us on The Drive today. We'll see you next time on Direct to You.